Hey podcast and welcome back to another episode. So you're listening to the MTB Fitness Podcast. I'm Matt Mooney, so I'm the host of the podcast and I own a business called MTB Fitness. So we help riders all around the world get fitter, faster and stronger on the mountain bike so that they can enjoy riding more. This MTB Fitness Podcast is essentially an extension of that. So it's a way for me to bring you tons more value to be able to help you out as much as possible and just to help you around all things MTB Fitness. So if you'd like to learn a little bit more about MTB Fitness to check out the training programs or the nutrition guide, then just Google MTB Fitness or head over to the website, which is mtb.fitness. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to be going through some common struggles that mountain bikers have. So it's kind of a common theme this episode, and I just really like the format of it. So a while back, I put a post on Facebook asking for riders to tell me what they struggle with most around fitness and nutrition and recovery and riding. And I literally just scroll through them on my phone and then go through some of the biggest struggles and answer them and just help you out as much as possible. Obviously, some of the common struggles the other riders have are going to be the same kind of things that you struggle with. So I hope you really, really enjoy it. Thanks so much for joining me and I hope it brings you some value. Right then, let's dive in. So this is a mix of an email that I sent asking for mountain bikers' biggest struggles and also a Facebook or Instagram post where I've asked the same question and riders have just told me what they struggle with the most. So I'm literally going to be going through them um, and answering them one by one. So first of all, this is an email. He said he really struggles with motivation when at home. So obviously there's not too much detail in this question, so we'll go a bit general with it, but... If we look at nutrition, first of all, so if you're stuck at home and you get, you're trying to eat better and you're getting hungry or you're a bit bored or you want to sort of let the reins off or whatever, it's quite easy when you're at home to feel like, oh, sack it, I'll just go and get a biscuit, I'll just go and get a chocolate bar, I'll just go and dive into something. You really need to kind of like stay focused with it when you're at home, when you're trying to eat better. So one good tip is just to make sure that you don't have loads of crap food at home, because if it's in the house, you'll probably eat it, whereas if it's not, you won't. Uh, Sophie, my girlfriend's a teacher, and she finished school at the end of, what is it, end of July, and she got loads of chocolates, so she put them out in a bowl, like, on the side, so there's three bowls with chocolates in, and I can go, like, quite a while without eating chocolate, but pretty much every single day when I've eaten them, I've uh, when I've seen them, sorry, I've been eating a couple of chocolates, and that's just because they're on the side, and I can see them, she's sat opposite now laughing at me, <laughs> and that's just because they're on, they're on the side, and when you see them, you eat them, so one thing is to kind of remove that temptation, and just have some healthy snacks in the house and have it so that if you didn't want to get a chocolate bar, you have to go to the shop to get one because it's easy to be lazy and have healthy food. <laughs> if, you, if you've made eating healthy food the lazy option, then you're onto a winner. The other side of it, so I'll often work at home. Obviously, I'm, I work with clients two and a half days a week, so that's in person. But then the rest of the time, so three and a half, four days a week, I don't have any clients at all. I just have a completely free diary, and that's when I completely run MTB Fitness from my laptop. So if I wanted to, I could just work from home. But it's hard to kind of like work from home all day. So what I do, and this is useful for people who kind of have the, the freedom to work where they want, like I do, is I go to a coffee shop every morning. So 7am every morning when Sophie leaves for work, I head to my local coffee shop and I get in for the same time. And then I spend the first three or four hours there. 
then I'll tend to in the afternoon either train or ride and then I carry on working at home and what that does it just breaks up the day so by the time I get home I'm kind of glad to be at home and I've not been stuck there all day whereas and I'm also when it comes to that ride I'm kind of motivated to ride because I've been out of the house I've had good food while I've been out and then I've got back and I'm ready to go for the ride. Whereas if I got in, Sophie had gone to work and I'd been sat at home on the sofa working for five hours, it'd be quite hard to get myself up and motivated and ready to ride because you just kind of get stuck in a rut when you're sat at home. So I think if you're in those shoes, getting out and about and keeping yourself moving can really help. If you just mean that you're going for a ride on a Saturday night and you've been on the sofa for three or four hours and now you're really struggling to get motivated to ride, I would say try to do some things to boost your motivation. So first of all, I would get a coffee and I would watch some riding videos with that coffee because that caffeine will give you a boost and the riding videos will just get you stoked to ride. And then I've talked about this before, but getting yourself motivated to ride, you can just do it step by step. So that very first step can literally be make a coffee and watch a riding video like I just said. Then the next step can be, right, I'm not going to do anything else. I'm just going to go get my riding kit on. So you go downstairs, you put on your riding gear and just that smell of it and the feel of it against your skin will start to get your mind into that riding mindset and you'll start to feel a little more motivated. And then the next step is, right, I'm going to get everything ready. I'm going to pack my bag and I'm going to get that ready. And then when you've done that, just be like, right, I'll go out and I'll just do as long as I fancy. Soon as you've done a mile or two on the bike, that'll be it. You'll be away and you'll be loving it. And then you'll end up, you know, sometimes having one of the best rides that you've had. Um, so just break it down step by step. But the worst way to get motivated is just sitting on the sofa, feeling tired, feeling lazy, thinking, oh, I really can't be bothered getting up. You need to get up and move a little bit and start to take a little bit of action. And those small actions will snowball and then they'll all add up over the law kind of snowball and add into the next one and then before you know it you'll be feeling motivated and you'll be out having a wicked ride or you'll be having a training session and um, if you're training at home so if you say you're following my 12-week training pro program and you're doing the home workouts then I recommend setting a completely different room for your training room if you can obviously it depends on space and um, like if you've got a garage, for example, that you don't really go on, make that into a bit of like a motivational room with some training gear and some dumbbells and some space and some loud music if you need, if you can have it. Um, and then have that as your training room because like the gym, if you go to the gym and you're in your training gear, it instantly gets you into that mindset that you're there to train. So you kind of get into a better mindset and you feel ready to ready to rock, ready to smash it. When you sat on your sofa, that's your chill out space. That's where you watch films and watch TV and chat to your partner and just kick back and relax. So I would recommend getting a completely separate space that's purely for training if you can, um, because that makes a big, big difference. So yeah, there you go. That's how to get motivated at home. Uh, the next question is from Kat. So she says, 100% is random snacking. I'm making dinner but can't stop sticking my greedy fingers in the peanut butter or having to eat an apple, banana, handful of nuts but going over my calories because of no self-control. This is the worst when I work from home a lot, editing on the computer. Thankfully, I don't have bad snacks in the house anymore. Biscuits, crisp, chalk. But I still need to cut this awful habit. Thanks. How fun is that? That ties in really well to the last question, doesn't it? So I've kind of covered some of those things, like getting bad food out of the house. So if you listen to the weight loss episode last week, I talked about how you can... Um, the best way to avoid 
eating crappy food is by keeping yourself full up with good food. So chances are when you're cooking that evening meal, you've left it too late, you've gone three, four, five hours without eating, and you're at that point where you're really hungry, and then the smell of the food that you're cooking is making you even more hungry, which means that you go diving for that peanut butter, or you go having some nuts, um, which is a healthy snack, but the calories can still add up in them. Um, you know, or the worst case is that you end up having a glass of wine, or you end up having some biscuits or some chocolate. What you can do about an hour before you actually start cooking dinner is have just a light snack. So have like a small handful of nuts with an apple, something like that, or have a teaspoon of uh, peanut butter. Um, if you do it early enough, it'll keep your blood sugar levels stable and you won't end up binging it on it. So there's nothing wrong with having a teaspoon of table of uh, peanut butter when you're cooking your evening meal. The issue is that if you leave it too late and you're absolutely ravenous, then you end up eating way too much, and that's the issue. The way to avoid that is through eating enough throughout the day and eating it more regular so that you keep your blood sugar levels stable and then you don't end up quite as hungry. Um, okay, next one. Phone's just buzzed while it's on my knee. I've got, somebody's just bought the 12-week program. Go on, whoever you are. <laughs> um, next one. Could you talk about cadence, please? So this is from Philip. Uh, I recognize Philip. He's followed MTB Fitness for ages. Um, he said, can you talk about cadence, please? What is the ideal pedal spin rate? Is it about one revolution per second? Oh, sorry. Is it about one revolution a second? Um, gear selection for optimum efficiency, etc." So, I'd probably say one revolution a second um, is fairly slow. 60 RPM is kind of plodding along, really. That would be a bit slow for most people. I think the ideal pedaling cadence that a lot of people end up like dropping into is about 80 or 90 RPM. However, the best thing to do with this is not to overthink it. Your body is really, really clever at figuring out the most efficient pedaling cadence for you. So I ride with my best mate Ozzy a lot. Now he's got stronger legs um, than I am. Don't tell him I said that. But <laughs> So when he's riding, he tends to push a gear that's probably a couple of gears heavier than mine. Um, and he'll ride at a slower cadence and I will spin more and spin faster. And that's just because he trains more weights than I do. Um, and he, so he's got stronger legs than I do. He can squat heavier than me. So he's more comfortable with that lower cadence and a higher resistance. Whereas with me, I find that I'm spinning a little bit faster in a slightly lower gear. And that's the perfect cadence for me. So your body it will kind of tell you what gear you need to be in. If you've got that nagging feeling that you're spinning out and your legs are going too fast, then go up a gear. Likewise, if you feel that you're really grinding away and it's tiring you out and it feels uncomfortable, drop it down a gear um, and just listen to your body. It's all about being in tune with your body, finding the right pedaling cadence. Um, your body knows what to do. You've just got to listen to it. Um, yeah, that's the main one for that one. I just unlocked my phone again. Um, da -da -da -da. Next one. Um, okay, Anthony says, I turned 50 in a month's time, and although I'm in pretty decent shape, not overweight, I basically feel like a physical wreck. I'm self-employed, I do a physical job, I've played football regularly for 30 years, which has left me with a few old injuries and some dodgy joints. I ride regularly, normally twice a week with my buddies, which I love, but on the longer days out, I feel absolutely wiped out after. I'm learning to pace myself better, which is difficult when riding with good climbers and fast descenders, and I'm trying to keep myself better hydrated. I've had a few bouts of cramp in my quads recently, which I've never suffered with before. Any thoughts, any help will be gratefully received. Cheers, Tony. Right, Tony. So you sent this message, and this is from last year, I think. So first of all, happy 51st birthday. 
<laughs> that'll be around now. Um, <coughs> excuse me. There's a few kind of things that he's put here. So first of all, as you get older, it is normal to get more aches and pains and to recover a little bit slower. However, it doesn't mean that you're destined to be super unfit and to lose all your fitness and to lose all your strength as you get older. Um, one of my clients is in the best shape and is the fittest. He's about 64 and he's absolutely ripped to bits. Um, you might have seen him on Instagram. He's called Steve. He's got proper ripped abs. He's in great shape. He eats really well. He does like 100 press-ups every day, trains in the gym three, four times a week and he just smashes it. And he's mid-60s and he's honestly in great shape. He's in like one of the best shape clients I've ever had. So age can sometimes become an excuse rather than it being the reason. You can think that because you're over 50 now, you're going to be, you've already sort of like your best years are behind you and you're going to get less fit and you're going to get less strong. And it's simply not true. You can be as fit as you've ever been before if you put the work in. So that's the first thing to understand. Now, with that being said, your recovery does get slower when you get older. Your metabolism might be a little bit slower, so you need to eat a bit less. So it's worth sort of accommodating that and taking more rest, eating a cleaner diet and all those kinds of things. Um, so he talks about getting really wiped out on those longer rides. He's okay on the shorter rides, but when he does the all-day rides, he feels wiped out for ages after. Uh, there's a couple of things here. So first of all, I'd look at your nutrition. Make sure that you're eating a like, great day-to-day and make sure that you're eating right before the rides and after the rides so that you're eating everything right before you head out to fill your ride properly. Then whilst you're riding, you're eating every probably 40 minutes, something like that, having medium-release carbohydrate, and then every two to three hours having some protein with that as well. So make sure you're eating regularly while you're riding to keep you fueled up. And then immediately after you ride, I would have a protein shake straight away as soon as you finish. Don't get on the beers, have a protein shake. And then within about an hour, you want to be having a good meal. So that's based around protein, veg, and carbs. And if it's been a really big ride, you might want to repeat that again a couple of hours later. So it's all about fueling your body up before the ride, during the ride, and after the ride as well. Uh, I go into detail in this in my nutrition guide, Stupidly Simple Nutrition for Mountain Bikers, so feel free to check that out. The other side of it is that you want to make sure that you're fitter. So first of all, the, the longer the rides that you do and the more regularly you do them, the better that you're going to get, the fitter that you're going to get, the less it's going to wipe you out because it won't take as much energy. So stick at it. The more that you do it, the better you're going to get. Um, as well as that, I'd say focus on getting stronger off the bike. So if you can train in the gym two or three times a week or if you can do bodyweight workouts at home, then what that'll do is it will really help build up your strength and that will make those longer days easier because your muscles literally aren't working as hard. So that's another thing to consider as well. So there you go. I hope those tips helped. Next up is James. He just says discipline and motivation. That's what he struggles the most with. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. It's really, really common. And first of all, I'd say understand your why and why you want to be fit, why you want to be healthy, why you want to ride. So one of my big kind of whys for why I want to be fit, healthy and ride and stay in shape is it's kind of a unique one to me this but I understand it and it really motivates me is that I really want to motivate you guys and girls from MTV Fitness. Like right now there's 170,000 followers over Facebook and Instagram so it's a lot of people. So I really want to inspire you to be fitter and healthier 
and to ride more and to stay motivated. So I need to stay in shape and kind of be an example of that. So that really like really drives me. If I'm riding up a hill and I really start to flag, I literally people like I'll picture 100,000 of my followers who I've told to push hard on the climbs kind of watching me and I don't want to feel like a fraud. So it pushes me and makes me dig deeper. So I understand my motivation. Another one for me as well is that I want to kind of be in shape for Sophie. So a big motivator for me is that I want to be fit and healthy and look good for Sophie and have like good energy levels and be happy around so so that's a big motivator for me and I know that if I don't train and if I don't ride and if I get out of shape that I end up being kind of a worse boyfriend to her so like we're going to Disney or we'll be there actually now we probably when you're listening to this podcast and I've said to her most mornings in the gym for half in the most mornings I want to go to the gym for half an hour and that's because I know that if I go and train in the morning I'm going to be in a better mood I'm going to feel better all day I'm going to eat better because of it and that'll just make me happier all around so it will make me a better person to be with and it'll give me you know make me a better boyfriend so understanding sort of the big why you want to stay fit is hugely important if you've got kids you might want to inspire your kids to be fit and healthy so reminding yourself that on a daily basis will really really help you um the other side of it is just reminding yourself of those things on a daily basis. So you might want to set some wallpapers on your phone that remind you. You might want to listen to positive um, podcasts like this, for example, that lift you up and get you focusing on the right sorts of things. You might want to follow positive Facebook pages and do all those kind of things just to stay motivated. And nutrition is a part of it as well. So it's a catch-22. The more disciplined you are with your food the better you'll feel, the more energy you'll have and the less you'll crave the crap food, excuse me, so the easier it is to stay disciplined. So it's a bit like they kind of tie off each other. The, the better you eat, the more disciplined you become and the better you end up eating. It's like a big circle. Whereas on the flip side, if you're in the spiral of eating really crappy food, it's easy for that spiral to continue and it makes it easier to eat crap food. So you need to have that kind of four-week bout of real motivation, real discipline, real stick-at-itness for a month to get out of those bad habits. Because when you're in the good habits of training right and eating right and sleeping right, then what will happen is that it's easier to stay in those habits. It's just you need to put the, um, sort of the original effort in to get into those healthy habits. All right, next one, probably do a couple more. Uh, Next one, Neil says, it'll be great to get more tips on stretches that can help with riding for reducing cramp and being more flexible on the bike. And also ways to improve core strength that will help your balance on the bike, especially when I'm racing enduro and downhill. All right, so I forgot actually, the guy before asked about cramp. Cramp is caused by three main things. Number one, it's tightness. So if you've got a tight muscle or you've got a tight fascia, which is like a bit of a sausage skin that surrounds your muscle, that will restrict the blood flow that can get to your muscle and that can cause you to cramp. So making sure that you stretch on a daily basis can really, really help reduce that cramp. The second thing for cramp is to drink plenty of water. So you need to be drinking at least two liters of water a day, probably more really. And then when you ride in, you need to be drinking half a liter to a liter of water per hour. A little bit more than that if you're in a really hot area. And then adding to that water whilst you ride in, you want to take on some electrolytes, which is basically salts. So when you exercise, when you train, when you ride, you sweat and this releases the salts from your body so you start to lose them. Now you need to replenish those salts and take them in. Um, otherwise you can start to cramp up. So in your water, when you're having that half litre to litre per hour of riding, 
adding electrolytes to it because that will replace the salts that you've lost and it will help stop you from getting cramps. So they're the three main things. The other thing is that with cramp is that if you ride, if it comes on when you ride in longer distances than you used to, it could literally just be sort of a lack of fitness or you've reached your fitness wall. So what you need to do is gradually increase the distances that you ride and just gradually go a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further, lift weights in the gym, do body weight workouts, and that'll all help you get stronger so that you're less likely to get cramp. Um, when it comes to improving your core strength, the best way to do that is, again, same answer, lifting weights or doing bodyweight workouts at home. You don't need to absolutely smash your core with planks and leg raises and sit-ups and all that, although they are helpful. Exercises that really work your core are actually things like squats. So if you have a bar on your back and then you do squats, that really works your core. If you're doing cleaning presses and chin-ups and deadlifts and lunges and all exercises like that, that really, really works your core. And then what I would just tend to do is for 10, 15 minutes at the end of your workout, add your core exercises in there. That's what I tend to do. So I'll do a normal workout um, in the gym with weights. And then kind of for the last 10 minutes of my workout, that's when I'll focus on core-specific exercises, things like planks, side planks, leg raises, sit-ups, um, crunches, that kind of thing, bicycle curls, all those. And you'll notice if you follow my 12-week program, the ab exercises are generally at the end in that order. Um, so yeah, that's how you do that. You mentioned, about you mentioned about strengthening your core to improve your balance. So it will help that. You're absolutely right. Probably the best way to improve your balance, really, is through getting stronger. So stronger muscles will help you balance better. And I've just told you how to do that. Um, but riding more as well. The more you ride, the better your balance is going to get. Um, there are things that you can do to help it in the gym. So you can get a BOSU ball, which is like half of a gym ball. And you can do single leg balances on there and do that kind of thing. You can do exercises like single leg hops, where you hop forward and hop back and hop in random directions. Because that will improve your balance. And then just day to day, like if you're brushing your teeth, stand on one leg and brush your teeth for a couple of minutes on one leg. And then when you're making your brew afterwards, stand on the other leg for two minutes and just improve your balance that way. The more that you get used to being unstable and getting used to balancing, the better that your balance will get. Right. Last one. Uh, da -da -da -da. Okay. So... Uh, just gone off it. Mark says, I'm doing the Hamsterly Beast mega version on the 13th. This was last year. 66.6 um, miles and 10 hours, he reckons. I've done the 40 miler version twice, but it was hard. What to drink and when? Doing it with a number of pals. So, what to eat on a 66.6 mile epic ride slash race? Um, it's the same as before, really. This starts in the two or three days leading up to the event. So as you get closer to the event, you need to probably stop training or if you do ride and train, just do really easy stuff. And then you want to be eating plenty of protein, plenty of veg and some good carbs and eating three, four meals a day as you would normally, but just eating really well. That will help fill the glycogen stores, which is the sugar stores in your muscle. Then on the day of the ride, you want to wake up and you want to have a really good breakfast. So if it was me, I'd be having something like... Um, three scrambled eggs with a bit of cheese some tomatoes and spinach and then i'd have a side of porridge and i would also have a coffee sort of on the way to the ride 
And then when you started, I would be eating on race day. I'd make sure I ate every 30 minutes is what I would do. So I'd have like a cereal bar in my pocket and every 30 minutes I'd have a cereal bar um, with some like flapjacks, some nuts in it, that kind of thing. Then every, probably for me, every couple of hours, every two and a half hours, I'd want something proper with some protein in there to keep you fuller for longer. So like a ham sandwich, that kind of thing, every couple of hours. Um, and that would just help keep you full. And you just want to repeat that throughout. Then towards the end of the ride, if you're getting to the point where you're really starting to flag, I'd be inclined to get some gels in there if you're used to taking them. And for maybe the last 10 miles to give you that last boost, take some gels on board and just get sugar in your system just to get you to the end only really do that though if you're used to taking gels because they can play havoc with your digestion if you're not used to it and go right through you but you can kind of use sugar towards the end of your ride just to keep you going and um, if you're used to taking sugar there's nothing against kind of having carbohydrate like a glucose or gland yeah, glucose in your riding bag uh, and then you basically have a constant stream of carbohydrate whilst you're riding but 10 hours can be a long time to be taking on that much carbs and that much sugar constantly so you probably want to be focusing on those medium release carbs for the length of the ride and just rely on sugar towards the end if you really need it to perk you up uh, and you can do sort of have the you might have some caffeine with that as well just to really get you through it but yeah that's the main thing and then focus on your recovery meals at the end of the ride like we talked about earlier protein shake followed by protein veg and carbs after exercise so yeah they're the main struggles um i love doing these episodes i never know which answer which questions i'm going to get and what the focus is going to be and it's just great i feel like if one person's answering it there's probably a lot more people wondering about it too so i hope you enjoyed it if you want to get some questions in for future episodes of this just drop me an email matt at mtb.fitness if you want to go check out the training programs and the nutrition guide, just head to mtb.fitness or Google MTB Fitness. And other than that, I've really enjoyed doing another episode with you. There'll be another one next week. And I'm actually recording the next one the day after I get back from Disney. So we, f- we land back kind of Saturday morning and I'll rec- be recording it on the Sunday, the day after. So I'll be nice and jet lagged. <laughs> um, so that'll be the next one. But yeah, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you get a chance, be sure to give me a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're listening to thanks so much and i will see you next week for another episode